0: author media presents novel marketing the longest running book marketing podcast in the world this is the show for writers who want to build their platform sell more books and change the world with writing worth talking about i'm your host thomas umstat jr and while to my knowledge we're the longest running marketing podcast we're not the longest running podcast for indie writers and i think that honor goes to today's guest joanna penn who started her excellent podcast And back in 2009, when people still listen to podcasts on iPods, (laughs) Joanna is the author of the book Public Speaking for Authors, Creatives, and Other Introverts. Joanna, welcome to the Novel Marketing Podcast.
1: No, oh, thanks for having me back, Thomas. And I have to give a hat tip to um, Writing Excuses, which I think is probably the oldest alongside I Should Be Writing with Mer Lafty, both of which I was listening to before I started my show. So, what I love about this is, you know, in the writing community, we have been, we you know we're quite techie. <laughs> you know, we've been doing this a while. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, those are, those are the founding fathers. So the key is you just have to define your audience as like indie authors. And then you're like, I'm the oldest amongst the indie authors. But your know, writing excuse is there for everybody. <laughs> no,
1: that's a good point. But it is interesting because, um, you know, we're getting into podcasting today, we're talking about public speaking, but I want people to broaden their definition of what speaking is, because you and I were having a conversation, but we are public speaking in that people will be listening to this at different times and the skills that go in to speaking on a podcast in a coherent manner uh, are just as relevant to doing a a talk at a literary festival, or being on a panel, or being asked to read some of your work at a local book launch, for example, or, you know, doing a keynote at a conference and being paid lots of money. So I wanted to underline that as we're we're talking about podcasting, because these thoughts are all the same, I think.
0: I agree 100%. Once you learn the art of public speaking, it is useful everywhere you speak in public, even if it's alone in a room in front of a microphone, it's still really helpful. But for a lot of authors, you know, they are like, oh, I'm introverted. Public speaking is not for me. I'm, a- I'm afraid of public speaking. Why is it that, especially for introverted authors, public speaking would be so intimidating?
1: Well, I would like to separate the idea of being afraid of speaking with being introverted. I think that, um, it's isn't it something like more people are scared of public speaking than of dying? I mean, it is one of those crazy things that we're all afraid of being judged. It's essentially that you don't want your tribe, whoever that tribe is, you know, we're social creatures. If you stand up and say something and people don't like it, then you can be judged, and uh, it, it's that fear of being cast out almost, but that is a a fear that is almost common to every single person and almost every single person who does speak professionally will talk about some kind of anxiety or butterflies or um, energy that you can reframe as energy that's needed for speaking. So let's just assume that everyone has some anxiety around um, speaking, but in terms of being an introvert, um, I think you know as as an as an author, you know at this point I've written over thirty books, and we spend a lot of time in our heads, and we don't spend a lot of time being heard or being seen. So you know we prefer introverts create alone, maybe completely alone in a room, and maybe in a cafe, but being alone in your head. And there's a big difference between the voice that drives your book in your head and the voice that comes out your mouth when you speak. And I think, I mean, I certainly, I'm I'm a very, people might not think it because they hear me on shows and things like this, but I spend most of my time being very quiet. And you have to get over this hump of going from silence to noise and making noise and then having people look at you. This can be quite intimidating. <laughs> so, so what I would say is as an introvert, it's more about what you're used to. And what I what's very interesting, though, um, as an introvert is I actually find it easier being on stage than I do being in a crowd. And one of the benefits of being the speaker is that you don't have to go and talk to people, people will come and talk to you.
0: Yes, that is the <laughs> primary, but I hate them. So full confessions here. I too am an introvert. I'm not an extreme introvert. I'm, I'm a little more of an ambivert, but I, I lean introverted. And for me, that was one of the big perks of going to conferences is that once you speak, other people come and talk to you and I'm no longer like standing there on the outside of the crowd like, you know, Fiddling with my punch, you know, it's that awkwardness goes away in large part, which is one of the perks. No one tells you when you're getting into this; it really does make life easier.
1: Oh, absolutely! And I think you know some of some of the other benefits are are kind of that introverts tend to think deeply about a topic, um, and will prepare a lot in advance. So, and often with we are thinking about the audience, and this this is probably my overwhelming tip for speaking. It is not about you. It is about the audience. So you're there to serve the audience. They are there to change their lives. They don't actually care about you. They care about what they can get from you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sorry to break it to you, but your audience doesn't care about you.
1: <laughs> yeah, sorry to break it to you. <laughs> but that's a good thing because if you look at your what you have to offer um, and then you think how... Can what I have to offer meet the needs of this audience? And that's what you deliver in your talk, then it's going to go really well and everything's going to be great. And as an introvert, you know, you, you will have the chance to really think about that. And um, definitely, I, I think also being sensitive to the environment, which a lot of introverts can be sensitive to noise, to energy that's something that you can feed off of in a room when you're higher up potentially or where you are in a position. It is a position of power being a speaker, but you can often see more faces, you can feel the energy, you can see expressions. So by kind of reading that, you can deliver a message that will really satisfy your audience.
0: What you're making it sound like is there's actually some advantages to being introverted on the stage.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, what's interesting is when I first started getting into professional speaking, as in speaking for money, (laughs) um, (laughs) you know, we can all speak for free everywhere. But, you know, actually being paid to speak, I, I did a lot of training. And I was so surprised to discover that some of the best motivational speakers in the world are introverts. In the same way that actors, a lot of actors are introverts. And you don't expect that you almost think that because they're behaving in a certain way on the stage, that, um, you know, that's what they're like all the time, but it's not at all. It's almost uh, and I have a speaker friend, she said, like, being an intro uh, being an extrovert you can treat it as a verb so you can be an introvert but then on the stage you need to to extrovert you need to become more you know you, you don't need to be somebody different, but you definitely need to be sort of 150% you. And, uh, you know, what's lovely now, I think the word introvert is so in the popular consciousness, that even admitting to being an introvert on the stage will have a whole load of your audience, like nodding and going, Oh, yeah, me too. And it, it you you have something in common with the audience. So it's something I often talk about as a speaker to writers. Now, obviously, that's not Uh, what everyone will do. But um, certainly, I found it a a benefit.
0: Yeah, my family started a speech and debate club uh, here in Austin for homeschool students uh, way back in the day when that was an early thing to do. And I remember talking with my dad about how many of the, because he observed the same thing, that many of the top speakers are actually introverted. And that his theory was that since extroverted people are more comfortable in front of crowds, that level of comfort causes them to not practice as Mm. much. And so it's not that they can't be just as good. They could be, but they will practice until they get comfortable, which for them is less practice. And then what they end up having is a less... Polished performance than the introvert who's like, man, I got to practice, I got to prepare, right? I I have to think original thoughts in my head, right? Because introverts used to be called thinkers, right? It was this very positive term, and they're like, I got to bring something original and beneficial, and that causes them to, in many cases, I think, work harder, and that harder work um, shows itself in the performance.
1: Mm. And I I would also say that the reason this is so important uh, for people listening, you know, as a as a novelist writing books is that most authors cannot speak in public I'm sure we have all gone to literary events and festivals and conventions and you hear you know some famous novelist whose book you love and then they're interviewed on stage and they're just appalling or they try and do a talk and they are terrible and it's because most authors don't learn to speak and it is a completely different skill to um you know to writing and what's so, i think what's terrible is these book launches where they ask the author to read a chapter and narration <laughs> of written text is again a completely different skill and some and you, you it needs to be more of a performance so one week re- since this is the novel marketing podcast the important thing is to stand above the rest of them. If you give a good performance, you will A, sell more books because people will be like, wow, that was really interesting. I think I'll go and get their book. And B, you'll be invited to speak at other events and that will get you basically more free marketing and sometimes you'll get paid.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Because the fact that many authors are bad at public speaking is an advantage to you if you're willing to put in the practice. You know, because there are, you know, a thousand books published every day on Amazon. That's a lot of competition, right? Then obviously they're not all in your genre, but you're in this really crowded space and, you know, especially on social media, you're in a really crowded space, but there are things that you can do and they often involve public speaking where suddenly the room gets very empty, but only empty of competition, right? The readers are still there, right? And it's not just speaking from the stage, it's the other things. Joanna, you were talking about earlier about, you know, going and being a guest on podcasts, being on panels, you know, a lot of these things suddenly, you know, they're like, hey, we're looking for volunteers and all the authors are like looking down and sitting on their hands. And if you just raise your hand and be like, I volunteer, you get those opportunities to speak uh, to all of those people.
1: Mm, definitely.
0: Uh, one of the things you talk about in your book, Public Speaking for Authors, Creatives, and Other Introverts, which by the way, we'll have a link to in the show notes in this book is a total bargain. I don't know why people don't buy more how-to books because what is the book? $6, $10, something like that. I will tell you, you can't even call a speech coach on the phone for that kind <laughs> of money. Uh, but anyway, uh, one of the things you talk about in your book is scheduling uh, alone time before and after an event. Uh, why is that important?
1: Okay. So, um, and I have to admit, I try this over and over again. And I still, you know, after a decade of doing these types of things, I still struggle. Uh, so basically, when you're prepared, so, uh, I'll take an example. I was speaking at Nink, Novelists, Inc. in St. Petersburg, Florida, um, last year. And it's like a five day conference. And I think, or four days, something like that. But I was speaking on the morning of the second day. I had jet lag. Um, and I was speaking on that the first morning at the pre-speaking stress. I'm a, I'm an experienced speaker, experienced in my topic, but this was a new physical location. It was a new time zone. <laughs> it was uh, a new audience that I didn't know. It was material that I had adapted for this audience. So it was, you know, I always, I never give the same talk twice, basically. It might have a similar theme, but it will never be the same talk twice. So I had material that I wanted to share. I get there, the tech setup, this is a big thing. So all of these pre match stuff that you have to do like getting in there finding that my mac had the wrong adapter to their you know their overhead projector and all this type of thing um meeting people uh all of that type of thing so if you don't schedule like if i had scheduled back-to-back meetings before i spoke on that second morning uh, I would already have been exhausted, and then what happens I find is when I speak um and this is something i again i would I would love to fix um or work on more, but I think again we give everything so introverts are energized by being alone, which means being with people is very tiring it's very draining, but as a speaker, I want to give everything to my audience so i'm I'm there you know Giving to a room of around four hundred authors, uh, my energy is is pouring out of me to these people and. I'm you know in the moment I almost feel my body vibrating with that energy that I am pulling from myself and giving into my talk because you know I'm a passionate speaker <laughs> <laughs> hopefully you can tell but basically so then I uh, what happens after you've given a talk is that many people want to talk to you because they have questions or they want to you know maybe they've heard me on the podcast they want to Um, have a selfie or you know you can sell some books or whatever you're doing so afterwards it's not like you step off stage and your energy you can just run away you have to continue giving and this is really important never as a speaker just leave like you'll get your audience want some you know in touch time. So all of that if you can imagine now that the energy of someone who needs to be alone a lot by the time you finish that and maybe you slept badly the night before whatever you you're feeling exhausted. <laughs> and then if you're at a conference this is the big mistake if you're at a conference that someone's paid for you to fly across the world to you're going to be speaking more than once. So um then you have to kind of repeat that process then if you're walking around the hotel you're going to meet people all of this to say that will happen whether you're attending the conference or if you're speaking but as a speaker you you just have to look after your energy so much more so if you when i get booked for speaking i try <laughs> to put do not do anything these days, uh, you know, beforehand <laughs> and and afterwards as well, because what happens is you're basically exhausted. Um, you know, you 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 feel very tired if you are in any way immune compromised, you know, especially if you've flown on an airplane and gone through an airport, you, you might get sick um, because your energy dips. So, you know, I try and take Barocca, which is like, you know, vitamin supplements and stuff like that. So I don't want to sound like, too dramatic about it. But energy management is, I think, as an introvert, the most important thing to do. And this is why I've changed my practices, which is this year, 2019, I have done no speaking. And 2020, I'm going back on the speaking circuit. 2021, I will do no speaking. So I have to manage this kind of energy with my creative life. Um, and also, I, I will only speak, you know, maybe four times in the year, and that will be enough for me. So just you have to get to know yourself. And I've only learned this through basically hitting the wall over and over again. <laughs> how about you? You know, you speak too.
0: I I have. And I remember talk, uh, Michael Hyatt talking about this. He's like, after giving a talk, I feel like I've run a marathon. And I'm like, I know exactly how you feel. And often when I'm at conferences, they also book me for consultations where I'll talk to 10, 20 people one-on-one or one right after another, which for an oh, introvert, it's, so it's like, I, like I like each individual person, right? Like each individual conversation is so good, but it's like after 20 people have picked my brain and have given a, you know, a talk or two, I am just spent and I've, I've learned that I have to, I actually schedule an entire day appointment, like a one day meeting the day after I get back from a conference and I just call it recovery. Yes. Yeah, and what I do with like my away message on my email, if I set one, is I don't say when I will get home. Right, a lot of people say, "Oh, I'll be at this conference and I'll be home on such and such date." I don't do that anymore because I've learned don't do that. I say I will be back in the office on, and then I'll give some date, you know, that is after the recovery period. And if I've been speaking in Europe, I sometimes will give myself multiple recovery days.
1: Mm, time the time zone jet lag thing is is tough.
0: It is, and it's unpredictably tough because sometimes the time the jet lag's no big deal, right? Like, and I've done trips, and it was like, oh, this was almost refreshing, right? I like, almost feel more rested because of the weird things this is doing to my bodies. And other times, it's like I've been hit in the face with a freight train, and it's not predictable. <laughs> like, I thought it'd be like, oh, well, going west is easy, but going east is hard. And it's like, nope. Now I've, I just throw up my hands. And be like, I have no idea if jet lag's going to be bad or not. And there's all these like you know, supposed tricks and homeopathic things you can take. And I think a lot of it's just psychological. I don't know. I don't, I have no idea how to consistently make jet lag not be bad, but it is, it is rough when mentally you're wanting to be asleep and yet you're standing in front of a audience of, of people. And the only, the only advice I have for jet lag is to, if you can get there a day or two early and give your, your body a chance to catch up at least a little bit.
1: Yeah, that's one thing. And and also like I said to you, Nink, I need to speak in the morning because the jet lag that way is I'm up at four AM. So I need to speak at nine AM or ten AM because I'm gonna be asleep by <laughs> you know, like four p.m. in the afternoon. But what I would say to people is, you know, we're talking not just as speakers, we're talking about attending conferences in general. And I think I used to th- I used to think there was something wrong with me in that I was like, why can't I deal with this multi day conference, you know, I'm learning a lot and going to all these sessions, but why am I so tired? Like, what is wrong with me? So if you you're listening, and you go to conferences, and, um, you know, I would suggest you also look after your energy, because you're meeting people, and it's very tiring. So um, yeah, just make sure you schedule that alone time. um, So you can recharge.
0: Yeah, that's really good. Now, some people are listening to this and they'd be like, I'd love to have that problem of doing so much speaking that I need to book myself time to recharge, but I don't even know how to get my first gigs. Like, I don't even know how to get booked. Like, how do you get your start with public speaking?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And what I would say is, okay, so the, this kind it will depend on your attitude. <laughs> so one thing that you can do is you can start speaking for free in your local area. So for example, libraries will pretty much always take someone doing a session, you can just organise it, you can go and say, look, can I, um you know, can I speak to uh, the local ladies writing group or whatever there's all there is always something you can go and speak at and basically speaking for free there's no real pressure you're still going to feel very nervous but um there's you know it's it's not going to be that big a deal if it all goes horribly wrong <laughs> because because you're speaking for free you can um, obviously join things like toastmasters which will help you with the craft of speaking but the business of speaking is a bit different so if you want to get paid to speak i would suggest doing a lot of free speaking first um, you need some testimonials uh people saying that was great <laughs> basically um, i started again i organized just a session in a local library but i Put up a banner, not like a flyer, and said, "I'll be talking about self-publishing," um, and it was like ten dollars or something to come and listen to me. Um, and that was my first paid event, was one I organized myself. And then over time, what you do is you build a speaking page. So this this is a really big deal, I think. Is whatever you want to be, you need to start describing yourself as that thing. So I I put a speaking page on my website. Um, at thecreativepen.com forward slash speaking, and you're welcome to model that kind of layout or whatever. And it essentially, I started, um you know, I, I put it on my website, I put it on my business card, Joanna Penn, author, speaker, podcaster. And so whenever I went to an event or anything, my business card had speaker on, I had a page on my website that said speaker, I s- had started to speak And slowly, I got booked for things, they might have been small at first, Um, you know, sometimes it was a panel at an event, or I mean, you do have to invest time in kind of putting yourself forward for things. And then if you have a website, this is another good trick. Um, If you have a website, if you have a blog, if you have a podcast, or Twitter, or anything like that, if you've got evidence that you're a a speaker, people will ask you, Um, it's so surprising. So one of the very first international speaking gigs I did, um, I was living in Australia at the time, I got asked to speak for five days in Bali at a writing retreat. And I'm like, yeah, I'll go to (laughs) Bali. (laughs) Um, And they were offering expenses only. But it meant I got, you know, a really lot of experience and uh, in a great location. So that was and that just came through my website. So that would be a really big tip is make sure that you make it obvious on your website that you are available for speaking and uh, get used to saying you're a speaker.
0: Yeah, a very famous speaker of the 20th century was a guy by the name of Zig Ziglar.
1: Oh, yes. Wonderful.
0: Yeah. By the end of his career, though, he'd be getting paid $100,000 for a keynote speech. And, you know, somebody's talking to him about, you know, like, how dare you get, you know, paid that much money, you know, for a keynote speech. That's crazy. And he's like, well, before I did this for this much money, I spoke a ton for free. You know, I think he said I spoke a thousand times for free before I ever got paid. I don't know if that's exactly the number, but he's, he did it a lot. And he's like, because now every time I say, um, that's $500 <laughs> that they spent for me to say, um, right. It's like totally changes the perspective because, You're right and that it helps you build your portfolio. It helps you build testimonials. And by the way, the best time to ask for testimonials is right away while the energy and excitement of your talk has just happened, not like two weeks later after it has faded. You'll get a much better testimonial like the day of or the next day.
1: Oh, just, just on testimonials, interesting now with social media, if people post something in the public domain, so if someone tweets that your talk was amazing, you can just screen print that because that's already in public. And you can put that on your website. So I used to solicit testimonials by giving people feedback forms. Um, and now I just screen print Twitter streams. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which is even more cutting edge, right? Like normally you have to wait till your talk is done before you ask for testimonials. Now somebody's tweeting in the middle of your talk. This talk by Joanna is amazing. <laughs> yeah, you're not even done speaking yet. <laughs> Yeah, I I love that. And that's a a reason and one thing you talk about in your book, you know, it's 2019. Don't tell people to put their phones away, because it'll just make them angry, and they're not going to do it anyway. Instead, try to see that as competition, right? It's like, your job as a speaker is to be more interesting than their Twitter feed. And because, who knows, maybe they're tweeting about you and you'll be able to screen grab that later and put it on your testimonials page.
1: Yeah, plus, you know, a lot, a lot of people now take notes on their phone. Uh, you know, they could be, it, it's really not, I get really angry if people tell me, you know, tell everyone to put their devices away. I'm like, seriously, you're showing your age. <laughs> like you're clearly gen x or older (laughs) and i'm gen x and i you know i'm attached to my phone so yeah I, i think that it used to be that you wanted people to do that but now i encourage people um i say you know you're welcome to take pictures of me but just not your other fellow um you know, people in the room because you don't have their permission, but you you have my permission. You can take pictures of the slides. The only thing I I say is, please don't share my download page. So what I always do, and this is a good tip for people um, to build an email list, is essentially I'll say... all of my slides, you can download them. Um, or, you know, if I've got extra information that might be useful, here is your special download page. And, and just don't share that information because you guys have paid for this event. Um, so then people go and download the slide pack. And when they do, I also encourage them to sign up for my author blueprint. So that's a little tip, because um, when you speak, uh, you you know, you maybe you have 500 people in the room, but you can't pass a piece of paper around asking people to sign up. Um, So this is something I would recommend whatever you do in terms of speaking is try and drive people back to your website.
0: And having that reader magnet, which we've talked about on other episodes and we'll talk about more in future episodes, is really key, right? If you didn't have that author blueprint uh, giveaway, right, that immediate reward, that page would be uh, far less effective, right? But because that blueprint is so valuable, Uh, People are happy to sign up, which, by the way, is still available at creativepen.com.
1: Forward slash blueprint.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Forward slash blueprint.
1: But um, (laughs) I guess we should say that this is the novel marketing. I also have um, my site, JF Pen, which is my fiction name. And I have JF Pen slash dot uh, com forward slash free so you can collect an email list for fiction as well but mainly as a novelist speaking you are more likely to be maybe teaching writing classes or um, at a festival talking about your book or something like that um, but men- many novelists make a significant income through teaching most universities schools um, colleges have Novelists teaching writing classes. It's, a, it's just a very common way to make more money.
0: That's right. And you can still pursue the kind of nonfiction topics and speak on those topics and sell your novel in the back of the room, right? You don't have to put yourself in a novelist box where it's like, I'm only going to hang out with people who are wanting to learn fiction. Just realize it won't sell as well, right? If you're giving a talk on starting a business and you have a novel.
1: Yeah, because it's not related.
0: <laughs> right. And it's, it, it won't sell as well. But people still want to take a physical product home with them. If, if you touch them emotionally, they want to take something back with them. And that could be your novel. So j- so just realize that, you know, Rotary, uh, and I will say another organization, and you, I think you have these in the UK, but they're all over the states. as uh, Rotary clubs, Kiwanis clubs, they're, you know. Old rich people gather together for lunch, and they always have a speaker who talks for 15 minutes, and they will have speakers who will talk about anything. It's just them, and they have to have a new speaker every week. So you're not going to get paid, other than lunch, at least I've never been paid, uh, but they've given me a nice lunch. But you're But in order to join Rotary, you have to be an officer in a company, so you have to be like a CEO or vice president or something. So you're talking to an audience of people who are more influential, and it could lead to oh my goodness, I want to buy a copy of your book for everyone in my organization or something like that. And it's also a really great place to get started writing because there's so many of them, <laughs> at least in Austin. You can't throw a stone without hitting one of these different That's organizations. And, um, and maybe it's because our library system doesn't seem to be nearly as friendly as your library system in the UK. We could never have done a paid <laughs> event at one of our libraries. They're very strict about that, at least here in Austin. Uh, I've yet to speak at a library because I haven't been able to get past all of their rules. <laughs> like, um, but uh, in fact, some anyway, there's... A lot to be said there, but we're going to move on (laughs) because I realize we have a lot of international um, folks, but um, we're almost out of time, but uh, do you have any other uh, speaking tips?
1: I I think the main tip is to really look at this uh, with a different mindset. So when, you know, when you mention public speaking, the first reaction is, I don't want to do that, or you can't really see past the anxiety of what speaking might make you feel. But what I want to encourage people is, um, you know, there are techniques for dealing with that, uh, some of which are in the book, some of which you can get coaching about or whatever. But once you learn how to manage that and manage your energy I think speaking is one of those um, skills that kind of compounds everything else. And you have to see the opportunities that will come because of being able to speak. And literally, you can't imagine it. I can't really believe what's happened in my career over the last decade. Most of which, you know, yes, I've I've written like 30 plus books, but a lot of my success has come from speaking, whether that's speaking on podcasts, speaking in person, speaking with other human beings, um, and connecting with people. (laughs) But I think as writers, you know, we default to the writing page, but humans still connect more voice and body language than they do to the written word. So that can just make all the difference. So if you're out there, I just want to encourage you, you you just can't imagine what opportunities might come your way if you start giving this a go. So that would be my encouragement.
0: That's so good because you never know uh, when it will happen. Like it happened with me one time. I was giving a talk and there was a lady in the audience. She came up to me afterwards and she said, I really enjoyed your talk. Would you be interested in giving this talk at my conference in Hawaii? And I was like, let me think about that. (laughs) Yes, I would. (laughs) And that led to me speaking in Switzerland. And it was just off of a workshop that I did that didn't have that many people. It wasn't like it was some big fancy event, but you never know. Who's going to be in the audience? And so, if you think of it that way, of like, man, this is like hunting for treasure, right? Every time you speak, it's an opportunity to get more speaking events and, and to grow in your craft. Why wouldn't you want uh, to pursue it? This episode of Novel Marketing is brought to you by my brand new course, How to Get Booked as a Podcast Guest. Uh, Podcast guesting, as we've talked about in the past, gives you a high credibility way to reach new audiences, the influence of a podcast without the work of starting your own, which is particularly useful for novelists and access to influencers you can't reach any other way. You don't need to hire a PR firm for $3,000 to schedule your podcast interviews. You just need to know the secrets of pitching podcasts yourself. And once you start nailing those interviews, podcasters will start reaching out to you to invite you on their shows. Uh, With this course, you'll learn how to become a sought-after podcast guest who has access to thought leaders and readers alike. If you're ready to get your book, The Attention It Deserves... This course is for you. And of course, for the month of October, don't forget, patrons save an 80% on the course. After that, if you're listening to this podcast in the future, patrons can still save 50% on the course. But if you're a patron or if you're thinking about becoming a patron, now is the time. And there's only a handful of $5 patron levels left. You don't have to be a $5 patron in order to get the 80% discount. But if you are a $5 patron, you also get access to the podcast Host directory, which is a perfect companion to the course. Uh, Speaking of patrons, our patron today is Carrie Dawes, the author of the Ember series. A hurricane and a series of unexplained fires uh, hits too close to home. What will it cost, Inspectra Cassandra McCarthy, um, to protect the citizens of Silver Heights? And uh, thank you, Carrie Dawes, for being a patron of the Novel Marketing Podcast and helping us stay on the air. And if you would like to become a patron, you can find a link in the show notes. And uh, in terms of what's going on in my life, today is the first day of fall weather. And as I record this, my wife is taking our daughter Mercy out on a walk so she can know what it li- what it's like to experience 40 degree weather, which as far as she's concerned is the first time she has ever experienced weather that was not hot. I feel like um, this has been a record-breaking uh, heat um, summer for Austin, Texas, we've broken all kinds of records, and uh, for a baby who this uh, summer has been most of her kind of conscious life, uh, that's all she knows, so it's kind of exciting to see her experience cold for the first time. It'll be interesting to see if she likes it or not, because she's just recently... Uh, learned how to ask to go outside. She'll point at the door and open her eyes. And if we don't take her outside, she'll walk to the door and kind of point outside the window. Uh, She's very insistent. She's starting to turn into a full-blown toddler. But it's crazy. We can open up a window now and get free cold air from the outside that we don't have to pay the electric company for. I know many of you listening, that's a normal occurrence for you. But those of us in Austin, Texas, this is like a phenomenon uh, known as cold weather that only happens uh, occasionally. Uh, But anyway, that's what's going on uh, around here. So, uh, Joanna, where can people find out more about you?
1: Sure, come over to the Creative Pen Podcast where I talk about writing and publishing and book marketing and making a living with your writing. And uh, you can find all my books on in all the usual places. And I actually uh, narrated um, this uh, book, Public Speaking for Authors, Creatives, and Other Introverts. So if you like audio books, uh, you can you can get it on the usual audio platforms.
0: Which is the version that I listened to. And really, you're doing yourself a big favor if you go and get this book. Because one of the things I really like about this book is how um, basic it is in the sense that it doesn't assume that you know anything about getting speaking or starting speaking. So if you're just getting started and you're really intimidated, this is not a book that's going to talk over your head and I've read a lot of public speaking books and some of them are very advanced and this one it's like here are the fundamentals this is the basics it also has advanced tips but it doesn't start there for sure and I found it to be a very approachable book and I couldn't find anything I disagreed with so I guess I'm obligated to endorse it
1: oh there we go (laughs) well thank you so much Thomas it's always great to talk to you